Hey, Invite the Neighbors DIY podcast is sponsored by Two Foot Parade Records. Uh, Two Foot Parade Records is based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. For those of you not in Michigan, Kalamazoo is a real place. Um, I promise. It's on the west side. Um, They have a new release on March 5th, um, which is a re-release of Closet Goth's album called Friendship Village. And it's a tape that comes with a digital zine. So check that the fuck out. Um, And uh, Gabe, let me know if you don't want me to say fuck during the ads. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, they are a really cool um, record label. They're all about like kind of giving the power to the artists. Um, so, I mean, that's honestly great and it lends itself to DIY bands. So if you want to check them out, they, they take submissions on their website, twofootparade.com. Um, and you can find all their stuff there. They have, uh, Nest Lake recently put out a tape on the label and uh, worry club also put out a tape recently on their record label. So check out twofootparade.com. Also check out almost made the mixtapes new single. Here's to getting old. Upbeat pop punk melody meets raw millennial rage in this latest release. Here's to Getting Old is an open letter on the alienation under capitalism, written with the ireful disdain that only disenchanted millennials can bring, reminiscent of Blink-182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, sick record, with an angry twist. The single and music video are now streaming wherever you get your music. You can find them on social media at AMTMBand. And if you are in a band or have a project or something to promote or a product or whatever, and you would like to have me read an ad for you at the beginning of an episode my rates are very very affordable the idea is to just use ad money to host the podcast i'm not asking a crazy amount of money and allow bands to promote themselves even if they can't come on an episode give them a you know a miniature 30 second platform and like i said we have very very reasonable rates um I, I don't expect that anyone can afford like a legitimate ad budget. You know what I mean? So my, my prices are tailored to the DIY budget, let's say. Um, shoot me an email at invitetheneighbors.com and we can work, invitetheneighbors at gmail.com and we can work something out. All righty, here's the episode. Welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. This is Brian Porter, your host. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is Benny and I, my co-host. We are both musicians. We're in band. Um, and we interview other musicians and other people involved in the DIY music scene to kind of see the people behind the products and behind the art. And we, you know, I, I'm interested in the process people use to write and, you know, their experiences being on the road. Anything that you can really think of related to being a musician, being in a band is something that I'm interested in. We like to talk about on the show. Um, and, you know, we like to go from deep to utter nonsense often in the same episode and you know wherever the conversation takes us is where we're gonna go um and the idea is to just give every artist who wants one a platform to promote their personalities promote their art blah 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 and have a fun have fun in the process so this episode was standards from los angeles it was really awesome to have these guys on i got to know them uh through their videos their cover videos they've been posting during the quarantine on facebook and all over the place really cool um really cool guys sorry about the audio quality uh they had to call in (laughs) their cell phone i'm pretty sure um through discord and it doesn't sound the best but you know you can still hear the conversation and hopefully uh it's not too distracting but i listened through it and i don't think it's that bad and i think this was a really fun episode there's a lot of laughs uh one QAnon reference, so you know we'll just breathe right on past that. We are not a pro QAnon podcast, <laughs> uh, but anyways, I hope that you guys like this episode. I hope that you will subscribe, follow us on Spotify, rate a review, follow us on Instagram, invite the neighbors pod um, on Twitter, itn pod, and you know obviously check out Standards, their record Fruit Island is streaming. So, anyways, I'm gonna stop talking and hit the space bar which stops the recording so that you can hear this episode all right thanks we are currently in oceanside california but i live in los angeles california that's me marcos who lives in los angeles california um specifically long beach but forrest lives out here just like more in san diego yeah i don't know if we've ever had any uh cali boys yeah <laughs> oh, so no, no good bands then on your uh... yeah right <laughs> what's the um 
was what's the is are you guys would you guys consider yourselves like a DIY band or do you have like DIY roots or I'm not I haven't talked to any DIY bands from out there so I'm not sure like what their whole scene is like. I don't know. Are you are you a DIYer for us? We've definitely played some DIY shows together and separately. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider myself a DIY because both my both the bands that I play in are I don't know under labels now, but there's one band I'm in that is DIY that I still play in called the Illustrated Violet, so I don't know. Does that just mean you're unsigned, or what is it? I think kind of like you book your own tours and you know play in basements booked, and we've booked like DIY shows in LA. I booked my own shows with my other band, but nothing like me. But like All Star Lanes and like yeah, yeah, uh, that one like place in the uh... wait a bowling alley. Is that what I heard? Yeah, there's a venue. I don't know what the deal is with it, but there was a place, like, if, if we couldn't get a show anywhere else, um, like, a lot of math rock bands, too, if they would come through L.A. for a time, they would all play at this one venue, which is not really a venue. It was, like, a back room in a bowling alley, and they didn't even have, like, a sound system. So somebody would come and run the whole show, basically, set up the PA system, and then... Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. We have, uh... There's this place in Detroit uh, attached to the Majestic Theater that there's like a bowling alley attached to it and they have a stage like that's above the lanes that bands will play in sometime and that is like kind of on my bucket list as a musician of places I would like to play just because I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah. 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 I've I've also played there. (laughs) Were you, did you play there on the the bowling alley stage? I actually didn't have time to bowl. We showed up late. Yeah, we went to the the basement bowling alley and played some rounds, and it was it was definitely a vibe. I heard it was over a hundred years old. <laughs> That's where Harry Houdini, I think, had his last show. Actually, it was the Majestic. That's so crazy. Like, That's so cool. Supposedly haunted and shit. Benny's looking at me like I had no idea. No, I'm not. Harry Houdini like died in Michigan. Pretty sure his last show was at the Majestic. Didn't he have like appendicitis or something? Some guy punched him in the stomach really hard as like a, cause he would do things like that. Like he would as like, I, I know like he would, he would, you know, he worked his abs out all the time because he thought he could like amaze people. And obviously he did for a long time, but like he would have people just like, he'd tell tough guys like punch me as hard as you can type thing. But I think this guy like ruptured his appendix or something like that <laughs> with where he punched him. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Like, I forgot about that. That's not a trick. <laughs> he was on the floor, like <laughs> it was part of the trick. Right, really like, is he gonna get up? <laughs> <laughs> That's really dark, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thanks for having us on. Um, we didn't know too much about the podcast, but I assume it's something like DIY based, is what I saw, and then we were just talking about it a bit. Oh yeah, it's no problem, dude. Like I, we kind of like um, came across you guys from like those Facebook videos yeah. that you guys have been posting during the quarantine. Because like I'm no, I'm normally like I don't like go out of my way to find math rock bands just because like I don't know I I'm more of like indie. I mean I I like more of like radio. Yeah, Benny always likes to say Radiohead. That's like the only thing I as if it's the only thing I listen to. It's not a good genre, like, so it's it's understandable. Right. <laughs> no, but like, we're both guitar players, so we definitely like math rock, and I, I a lot of my friends do too. I mean, I, I'm I like instrumental bands a lot, um, like Strawberry Girls and like Chan. I really like them. But I, like I said, I really came to your um. Well, you guys came to my attention from just like watching those videos, and I thought they were fucking awesome. And your drummer is constantly smiling, Forrest. Constantly yeah. smiling, dude. <laughs> so that's my bit. <laughs> this is the only thing he's got. <laughs> just a sec. I, I'm having some issues. I don't think. Can you guys hear Benny at all? No, a little bit. Okay. Just to give me. Have Benny do a check. Oh, okay. 
we're we're figuring it out. Benny's gonna jump on through. I uh, think I got it now. Okay, you just have to unmute yourself or whatever. Okay. Can you all hear me now? Yeah. Okay, dope. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. Like, we could literally have the exact same setup on Discord and my interface and stuff. Turn it off from the last podcast and then come turn it on, and then it doesn't work. Like, there's a new range of problems every single time. But you know, it is what it is. You're calling. You're calling this a problem. I'm happy. I'm not tethered to the mic anymore. I know. I can go out and have a smoke while recording the pod. <laughs> yeah, technically you can. God damn That's it. That's a dream. And, and there they go. There yeah, they here go. I go. And I'll still be here too, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, what? What kind of got you guys? Um, the idea into those videos, like what you know, were you guys just sitting around one day, or was that something you guys were already doing and thought might as well like start posting these? Uh, we, we started kind of doing covers a couple years ago, I think, Linus and Lucy. We do a cover every once in a while, but yeah, we're both, like, pre-pandemic pretty busy. Like, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we each, like, individually toured at least four months out of the year. Oh, okay. So, um, when we did get home, we usually were just working on, like, um... It's like the next thing, because like Forrest is mostly like a drummer in a band called Covet. Okay, and, that was another okay. question. <laughs> I was yeah, wondering. That's, that's, that's my main. My that's his main gig. So I'm happy to have him when I can. Um, but because of the lockdown, um, we also live kind of far apart. So before I was living in um, the San Fernando Valley, so it was about two and a half hours to see him. But then I relocated to Long Beach, so it was only like an hour and change. So um, I got this. I got a new setup um, at the end of last year, and we'd already been doing a bunch of covers. And I used to just learn a bunch of them anyway for fun and not like post yeah. them. It was really dumb. Um, so I'd come <laughs> over and I'd start playing it like as a joke, and then he would play a beat. And I'm like, that's kind of sick. We should record it. Um, so I had like a whole like backlog of just these covers that I'd learned. I was like, dude, just, like, figure something out, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll post it. Um, and, like, Instagram Reels just had come out. And it's not very old now, like, at the time of recording, but the algorithm boost on that is ridiculous. Like, um, I had some Reels go off, uh, just get, like, two or three times the amount of, like, attention that I usually get on a video. And um, they're just kind of like, well, we should just start doing this more as a thing and, like, add some routine to our lives because like this pandemic just goes on and on and on you know um so we've just been meeting like every friday and we record like two or three of them and then we just put them out and people like that have never heard of us before are just like oh cool this band is like ridiculous these guys are dope yeah no that definitely um i think through us finding you guys like i know i have a couple friends that are like way more into math rock that I think have definitely found you guys because of that. And I think, you know, I, I think it's cool. Like, obviously there's going to be people that like, just like the, uh, the covers and might not actually go to, but even if like, a like if half the people who discover you guys because of the covers actually go and check out your music on Spotify or wherever else, that's a win. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's, it's a great promotional tool. Like, like obviously, you know, that's not like what, the bread and butter of your band is but like in this era i've talked to bands too that like um this band called lincoln where they got a song that just blew up on tiktok and they're an awesome band and like they're way better than what the tiktok song suggests you know what i mean not that it's bad but like it just doesn't fully show like what that band is but you know in 2020 2021 like however you can bring people in like I'm all for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the band always did stuff like that anyway. Like, even before TikTok and before, um, like, just a lot of Instagram stuff. Like, we were always doing things like that. But now it's become more of a routine. And um, it's kind of also just a weird interim. Like, you can't really play shows. You can do, like, live um, streams, which we've done. But, like, I think it's, just, it's more fun to just, like, try to do these reimaginings. Um, but we're gearing up to do like another EP later this year. And so it's just kind of like a way to pass the time until 
I can like properly promote that L, you know, EP because it's not even like um, there's not, there's not even anything to like promote. Just like I can't like promote a pre-order and I can't really play the songs because they're not coming out for a while. But um, yeah, it's it's super fun and it's cool to see people connect with it too because it's very nostalgic, like especially yeah. for, for both of us. Yeah, no, I think that I've definitely noticed over the past, like, couple of years, and it's obviously it's been going on longer than that, but this is just when I've noticed it. Like, there's this overlap between music culture, especially, like, DIY music culture and video game kids, like, 90s video game kids. Like, they seem to be, like, a lot of the same people a lot of the time. God, okay, boomer. I'm just saying. I played the video games. Like, I'm I'm one of those people. But uh, there's definitely, you know, like, I think, like... <laughs> I actually I, never I played, played Zelda, dude. Never played Zelda. But uh, Super Mario 64 either. is my fucking jam. <laughs> um, you can appreciate the music, though, without playing the game. Yeah. I think the music kind of speaks for itself. It was very... Um, a, lot of, a lot of video games. Even still, like, I play... Uh, I play all the Nintendo games, and I think the music is... Why? I'm like, why is this song so fire for just being in the background of, like, Smash or something? <laughs> <laughs> What what video game would you say has the best music? Well, it's really hard to say. Cause well, it's not. It's it's the Nintendo Wii just has the best stock music in it. <laughs> no, it's not. The Wii, the Wii music, which is really good. But Zelda has so many like iconic melodies that I might just say them. Um, but Smash has some really cool fusion-y music. And, um, Mario Kart? Mario Kart is also super fusiony and cool. It's really hard to say who has the best because they there's a lot of like iconic ones. So right, I would just I would just like all, obviously the mainstream titles and like even like there's a lot of deep cuts too, like a lot of Chrono Trigger stuff that's cool or like or like Castlevania stuff that's really cool. Street um, Fighter like, is another good one, I think. Street Fighter, yeah, I once I once like. Forget where I was. I think I was at a drum clinic um, that Thomas Pridgen was teaching, and Thundercat, the super dope bass player, was there. And I was like, "Yo, do you ever listen to video game music?" And he goes, "Like, oh hell yeah! Like Street Fighter sounds like Chick Corea shit." Dude, if if I ever got to like meet Thomas Pridgen or just like kind of be in his presence, I think I'd kind of just like have an anxiety attack and not say a single thing it's just like man i'm being blessed in the presence of like one of the best drummers to ever live for sure it's from the volta right am i getting have you guys ever been at nam i have not but i've always wanted to go. yeah that's on the bucket list no you don't I say that is I say, oh really <laughs> Dude, it's, no it's, it's really fun but like it can be so overwhelming it's just like a hundred thousand musicians in one convention center Oh god! So much ego in one building, dude. Um, it's mostly like a lot of like people that like are really fucking good, and it's like I feel like like Justin Bieber wouldn't go to Nam, but like I don't know, someone who's like super choppy and heady, they'll like be there, and then they'll just be showing off like on a demo uh, booth or something, yeah, and that's... then you're like, wow, all right, cool. There's a lot of shutters and a lot of gearheads for sure. Yeah. 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 I would like for for the gearhead aspect of it just to like check out different pedals and things like that. I really like, you yeah. know, uh, this isn't like a hot take opinion. I just really like boutique pedals and stuff. But yeah, the whole like show offy aspect of it, that can be, I don't know, that's a turn I think off. I think it's cool actually. It's just like, um, there's just so many good people. You know, you know what? It's kind of like all your Instagram feed. If you follow like musicians, they're yeah, all just in one building. Exactly that. Yeah. Like Instagram, yeah. like I, I follow a lot of people that they all play like amazing, and then they're all in one building, and I'm I'm just like going from booth to booth, I'm just like, wow, I want to like kill myself. These guys are so good. <laughs> Where is it held at? It's in Anaheim, which is about 30 minutes south of where I live in Long Beach. So maybe like from LA proper, maybe like a prop, like an hour, yeah, like a good hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's that's convenient that it's like that close for you guys. I don't know if they would even. We're out in like the Detroit area. I don't think at the we get the auto show. We don't get like 
The auto show. We got cars. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go to Nam. Like I wouldn't travel across state lines for Nam. But some people literally like fly across countries to be there. And um, I know a lot of people that fly there, and they do like um, like you know, it'll be like, oh, someone from this band is doing a pickup, you know, demo at this booth at this time. Yeah, like a workshop or. But uh, I wouldn't okay. like. I wouldn't just like go all the way. I'm just like, cool, it's 30 minutes from my house. I might as well swing right. by. Yeah. I do like when they have festivals where different like companies will set up shop. Like I was at a music festival in, in Louisville and um, Paul Reed Smith, like cause John Mayer was headlining. So he had like Paul Reed Smith, like had this tent where like you could go in there and like play the silver sky guitar and like play on their amps and shit like that. Check out all these different guitars. Like, I think it's cool when you see that at like festivals, but I think like just that, like just a giant, basically like a giant guitar center, like all the people just like setting up and playing and shit. I, yeah, like you said, thirty minute drive, hour drive, like yeah, that's cool, but like swing through for a little. Yeah, like flying from Michigan, nah, I'm good. But yeah, yeah, it's it's like I think the worst thing about it, to be honest, is like you'll run into like an older guy who's at the NAM and he thinks he like, I think it's kind of like the spectator crowd. Cause NAM, you can't just go and there's no general admission. I don't know if you know that. Um, Oh no. Yeah. You, you can't just go and buy a ticket to NAM. You have to be invited. Um, but getting uh, an invite oh. is basically, do you like, if you know, if you have a relationship with a company, they'll give you an invite or, um, different music academies can request invites from NAM, or if you go to music school. So you do need an invite, but it's not that hard to get one if you know where to get one. Right. Um, yeah, if you know anyone running a booth, you could be like, yo, get me a visitor's pass. Yeah, exactly. Ah, you know, uh, okay. I, I did that for a couple of years before I was endorsed. So it's not like the, like the general population can get in, and I think that's when it gets like a little bad like there was one year that i was working at i was working at the guitar pro booth so i was uh you know demonstrating guitar pro 7 or whatever and um this guy like dropped by and he was like older like kind of like a boomer and he was like he's like yeah so this this fancy software so you probably can't write out like uh complicated stuff and i was like well yeah of course you can it's a music notation (laughs) software he's like yeah but you can't write up something complex and i'm like yes yeah, I'll show what? you how to do it. He's like, he's like, no, I've seen enough, and then just like walked away, and he was just super. <laughs> can, can you play upset. Walk in the Jungle through that shit? Dude, <laughs> no, seriously, I was like, bro, look, like you can just like, do you know? Like, it seemed like he didn't know like music notation, and so that's why he was like confused. He's like, but how yeah. does it work? And I'm like, well, do you, you know what an eighth note is? Like, you can just write it on here. It's not hard. And then I think that's what triggered him when I was like, oh, it's not hard. And then he left. <laughs> There's, like, people yeah. like that will come by when they, I think they think they know stuff, and they're in the presence of, like, like again, just, like, amazing-ass musicianship, and then they just, like, ruin it. Guy tried to sell me a damn eight <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't play. I mean, and also, you can, like, slow a song down, too. Like, if you're trying to track, like, a, like a, or notate, like, a super fast, like, complex solo or something like that, can't you just slow it down <laughs> i mean Dude, you're, yeah. you don't have to sell guitar pro to me i know how like awesome it is i was trying to like whoever came and just asked for a demo i tried to just talk to them about it and then he was the yeah. only person to get like super salty like everyone else was like oh wow cool I've, but so he, here's a question like, about guitar pro like someone like me i know zero music theory but i'm like entirely self-taught a guitar and i'm not like i'm not crazy good but i'm i can write songs and stuff like does Guitar Pro offer anything that I would be interested in, or is it more for people who like know what they're doing in terms of theory and all that? It's like I'm back at Nam again. I just have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back no, to your band. Don't worry. Let's get back to our Guitar Pro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's if I feel like if I emailed them and be like, "Hey, I'm going to talk about it," they would actually have. Now I have to explain it for free. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, guitar pro. So guitar pro is actually one of the only ways I wrote music for a long time because, um, it was like very helpful for writing a lot of polyphonic guitar stuff that I still do, but I don't do it as like, like as hard as I do now. Like, I don't know. I used to go really hard on that stuff and 
a lot of two-handed tapping and crazy stuff. So Guitar Pro is the easiest way to organize it all. And um, I guess the cool part is when you tab something out, you also see the, the, the actual notes. So you, in a weird way, like start learning yeah. like sheet music better. Yeah. Um, but also it kind of forces you to understand note values. And I think like for Forrest, it's not hard because all he does is deal with like rhythms. But for guitar players, it's kind of different because we have to deal with melody and rhythm, which is like yeah. why I kind of say like Forrest is good because he only had to learn like half of the, the what's available. Like we as guitar players are like better than drummers because we have to learn <laughs> melody and rhythm. That's so, what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> but no, no, we usually, I think the guitar players develop a, a, a weak rhythm aspect typically because they are focused on melody. So it's really cool because it forces you to learn rhythm, to write out what you're doing, yeah. which is something that helped me drastically. Like, my rhythm got a lot better when I started, like, writing solely in Guitar Pro. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, I've had friends that have used it, and they're just like, well, my one friend in particular was just, like, a complete guitar virtuoso but had no, like, literally no songwriting skill whatsoever, like, no creativity at all. So I always <laughs> looked at, like, guitar pro like he would literally just like sit in his basement and learn like avenge sevenfold covers and shit like my friends oh, know what i'm yeah, talking dude. about but but also a genius like a complete savant at guitar but just like couldn't write songs is really weird but i always looked at guitar pro as like this robotic sort of like um like no soul approach to writing guitar but like the way you're describing it that's why i kind of asked like you know the way you describe it makes it sound like there's an actual real life application to it but um it's, it's yeah. super helpful it's, it's like uh, it's like overwhelmingly was helpful to my development as a guitar player because like Forrest even told me once he was like it's like you write stuff you can't play and it's like impossible and then you somehow figure it out because you're writing it first in Guitar Pro and then you're learning uh, it like you're you're like developing guitar in reverse in a weird way uh, teaching yourself the applied skill for the song yeah yeah that's actually an interesting i never really thought about it that way i guess because i don't know any music theory so i wouldn't be able to even write tabs and know what it's going to sound like necessarily but um but anyways though i want to get back to your band a little bit uh in case we all forgot that's why we're here but um i'm noticing i looked at your spotify and stuff and i know this is like obviously like a, a fruit theme and i'm just wondering like where did that come from like every every release i'm seeing has like some sort of fruit and you're uh, last album from last year is called Fruit Island. I'm just, I'm just curious, like what, uh, where that came from. Um, we're actually under contract. Not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Um, any fruit-related conversation from this point is, uh, you know, it's, un- it's unwarranted. By and um, <laughs> we we just don't want to end up in court again. Yeah, so. we just have to deal with all these. Dole's like really coming after us right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, we can't yeah. put in Hawaii because they, they'll, they'll get us. Yeah, uh, Fruit of the Looms after us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fruit of the Loom. We're just getting we're just getting subpoena after subpoena. They have really good lawyers, you know. So I would imagine, dude. Yeah, Ever since the they lost. Michael Jordan to the Haynes campaign, they decided they started like really stepping up their game. Yeah, okay, they've, well, had pat- they've had patents on fruit for forever, so every time <laughs> on every design <laughs> kit, yeah, it's really hard. you got to really narrow it down. <laughs> I can't, e- I can't even look at an orange without getting worried that something bad's gonna happen. I was gonna say, if someone eats a fruit in front of you, do you like? Is that is that offensive to you, or is that concerning to you? What, what, sorry, what did you say? Yeah, like if someone eats fruit in front of you, is that is that something you would find offensive or like an aggressive sort of maneuver from someone? As or... long as I'm like, I'm not looking at it. It's definitely a power play if they make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, 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 I want to give a real answer, so I'm going to give a real answer. Oh, yeah. The brand. The brand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically... Standard started as like a more of a collaboration project between me and another drummer that's not Forrest. And um, uh, we jammed for like a long, a relatively long time, like six months without really doing much. And when we finally started putting out music, we were like, we need a, there's no lyrics. It was like in the song. So I'm just like, what is the imagery? Like, what's the vibe? And it was like really happy, jammy, you know, fun. It's like, oh, it's like fruit. You know, it's like, you know, I didn't say that, but it's, we, we, that's one of the things that we were brainstorming. And so 
um, we came out with our first EP, which was self-titled, and it had, like, a fruit ring. And uh, people, like, went crazy for the fruit. Like, everything we put fruit on, people bought it. It was, like, just people really huh. liked it. And um, then we came out with, like, the anthropomorphic... Anthrop- uh, uh, you know what I'm talking... I'm trying to say, right? Anthropomorphic? Yeah. We came out with uh, these, like, little characters. And uh, I went to music school, so I haven't done anything, like academic can't pronounce words anymore <laughs> you're good <laughs> um, so it was a simpler to pronounce band name yeah yeah so um i mean ever since the characters have come out with that are like the fruit characters there's just, like some people have really gone crazy with like the tattoos because they really like you know those characters so i've seen like fruit island tattoos and like oh that's tattoos sweet. of like all of those characters that have come out so they've kind of become like the band mascots in a way but, yeah, it's, like, just a really cool way to align the music with some imagery because there's no lyrics, there's no motifs. So you got, I felt like it was kind of the best way to promote the band. And do you think, like, first of all, that makes sense. I wanted to give you the serious response before I start bullshitting again. Do you feel like if you started to take a less happy approach, maybe you would, like, how, do you, how would the fans react if, like, all of a sudden you hit us with a vegetable album? Like, would that be... Like a problem they, for you guys? Do you think? Do you think they, they know that uh, Marcos? There's Marcos was belongs to the deep state now. Yeah. And that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they know this is the um, the alternate universe version of the band that exists. And this is a psyop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's like the bizarro version of standards. It's only vegetables and sad <laughs> sad, sad vegetable songs. The yeah, song's called yeah. Celery. I like the deep state idea. You could maybe take a bunch of blueberries and put it in the shape of a Q and have that be your next record cover. No. <laughs> no. I like the deep state idea. We're not conspiracy theorists. We're not. I said theorists. All right. It's been nice knowing you guys. We're gonna. <laughs> yeah, this is episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if the CIA doesn't this doesn't cut off this recording before we do. Um but all right, so I'm curious like well bands that have toured a lot too. We like we like to get into like some silly shit, clearly. Um and when it comes to touring, you guys tour a lot, so I'm sure you have like some interesting tales, but specifically we like tales of woe when it comes to this podcast. Like if if, if you've ever I mean obviously if just if anything random cool, it doesn't have to be terrible or sad. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, terrible shit going wrong, or like you, like you'll go to play a show and it's just like a really like sketchy place that you didn't expect, or something yeah, like that. Those. Yeah, terrible. Like one band was haunted; they kept getting cursed with haunted relics on a tour. Oh, dude! And like what band? That was guilt from Florida. They kept finding haunted shit, that kind of stuff. I'm just curious if you've ever had any weird, I weird shit. Um. If that's not real, that's a great marketing tool for the album. <laughs> yeah, that we were haunted. Yeah. Um, I I actually just thought of one. I I will say I've never been <laughs> that I've never been seriously unlucky. Um, there's definitely like always setbacks on tour. I'll give you. You can share your own story, but I'm gonna share mm. one because like what uh, Forrest uh, was like basically gone for the entire year of 2019. I remember I saw you like once every three months. Yeah. So I had a, another drummer who would play all the parts Forrest wrote, um, and uh, we did tours. So we did. We have, probably will have separate ones, but I have a funny one. It's kind of woeful, but more more just funny, honestly. Um, but basically, we had a, a, a really huge fan of the band, and he wanted to have us in, in a, uh, a city in Florida, I'll just say. And... Um, uh, he set up like this house show for us and you know, we were a lot smaller back then. And so I was like pretty grateful that we had a show at all in that city. Um, but we show up and everybody is just very like loosey goosey. Like the set times are kind of whatever. And the PA system is kind of like sort of working. The whole thing is just kind of like being held together with scotch tape, like the whole show basically. Yeah, And we had actually a pretty good amount of people show up for us, which was really cool, because I didn't even know we had fans in that city. It was more so of, like, an exposure thing. But the guy who, um, there's, like, there's like a, a couple of people that show up early, and 
this one guy has this other dude with him, and he's like 40 or something. And he's like, okay. oh, this is, let's call him like Mike or something. He's like, oh, this is Mike. Um, you know, he's a, he's a local in the music scene and whatever. And he's really quiet and shy, and he's just like keeping to himself. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. That That's Mike. He's just the chill guy or whatever. So as the night goes on, the the the, sh- the house show gets really fucking crazy, and um, I mistakenly was like, "Oh yeah, we'll just like sleep here because we have an option to sleep at the house show." So that makes like a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Um, and everybody's just getting really fucking rambunctious, like especially after our set because uh, it went over really well, thankfully. But um, that same dude just gets completely shit-faced and he comes up to me after the show and he just will not like leave me alone essentially he just keeps talking about like yeah. his band from the 90s and he's like yeah <laughs> man i'm a i'm a tallahassee or i just dropped the name of the city but i'm a tallahassee native uh my band magic wand we're gonna come back man we, we've got the songs from 1992 man those are my songs i'm gonna bring them back and he's just like shit-faced and he's just like going on and on and oh, no. we're basically waiting for this party to die down because we're really tired. And um, I keep trying to ask people to leave, which was kind of like not the nicest thing to do. But it was like one in the morning. And I was like, hey, do you think yeah. you guys could go home? Because I'm tired. Uh, we have yeah, to sleep you right sleep. where you are. Yeah. And so the house owner is like, okay, okay, I'm going to help you guys out. He starts kicking people out, basically. And Mike is fucking chilling. And he's hitting on like a girl half his age. He's like, he's talking about Magic Wand, his band Jesus. from the 90s. He keeps talking about Magic Wand. <laughs> just like, and then he's talking to some girl, and he's like, yeah, sorry if I come up as flirty. I'm just a flirty guy. You know, I'm just, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> what a move. What a line. <laughs> no, this dude, this dude just went, he went wild, and I just, he, and then as like a last gesture, like upon being told to leave, he just runs up to like the drum kit that's there and just starts like banging on it and just like screaming just going like ah just like hitting this drum kit with his hands and then they're like come on mike we gotta go we gotta go uh he's like ah and so finally we slept but yeah that was like i just remember I just, that guy man just like cracks me up every time i think about it just like i like he was talking to me and then i just walked away because he just wouldn't like stop and then he continued the conversation with somebody else next to me without like skipping a beat he just continued saying what he was saying to somebody else i was like wow this guy this Jesus. is uh this is florida i wonder if like if you look up their band and they're just what if they just rip dude what if they just totally rule <laughs> so i did i did look it up and i couldn't find anything i don't know if he's even real i don't know if he's just an apparition in my mind or what but just a phantom. <laughs> Just a phantom. Dude, magic that's so funny. Magic Wand is like the ultimate like classic rock dumb guy band. Like, we're, we're gonna get a bunch of dudes together. We're gonna start a band called Magic Wand. We're gonna be fucking playing with the stone. <laughs> fucking awesome, man. You know, I'm gonna look it up again right now. But you know what too? Like I, I was watching I watched School of Rock twice this week. And, uh, oh, great movie! That's my favorite and, movie, dude. It's so fucking good. And after the second time, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna look up No Vacancy and see if there's a band. And on Spotify, <laughs> there there's there's like two bands named No Vacancy, and one is like Obvious Dads, and the the album cover is just like a hot rod with No Vacancy over it. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> fuck yeah! And that's fucking cool as shit, dude. Right. <laughs> I didn't listen dude, to it though. No, that that movie is so is so fucking funny when he just shows up. He's like, "This is Spider. He's gonna be taking your place." <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's just wearing like a shoulder sleeves. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Sup, dude?" And oh, I, when I watched that movie, God. when I was like eight, I was like eight, and I saw that movie, and I was like, "Wow, that must be, be like what it being in a rock band is." And then now, yeah. like when I actually no, but no, just like tough guys like standing in a tough room, and now I realize like. Trying to get everyone together at that time, holy like holy shit! That that would never happen in real life. <laughs> no, one hundred percent not. Like I was and just also, like, stressed watching it, thinking of the logistics. Yeah, try getting like a thousand people or however many people show up to that battle of the bands at like eleven a.m. At eleven in the morning. Great, good job promoting that. Like holy shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I wonder what the other bands that played that show were like. Magic Wand was just one of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played Battle of the Bands in 03. <laughs> this is the song that'll definitely get my ex-wife back. Yeah. Show up to the WROK Battle of the Bands. I'm still pissed that No Vacancy won, though, dude. Like, that was such a stupid choice dude, for the Spider filmmakers. Spider had riffs. Did you hear him? <laughs> Spider had riffs. <laughs> I love that there's that one guy in the crowd that's like, No Vacancy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was. Everyone's yeah. He's like just like this like kind of like middle aged dude, just like no vacancy. Yeah, like no no social awareness whatsoever. So funny. That's really funny. Have you guys ever seen The Rocker with Rain Wilson? Oh, yeah, so good. My roommate loved Naked Drummer. Yeah, that movie actually I I unironically really liked it, and then like it did not hold up, but School of Rock did. Yeah, School of Rock was the that was like the catalyst of me wanting to be a musician was that freaking movie. Same dude. <laughs> you were in a jam with Spider. Did yeah, you know well, that I, Zach got a fucking badass ass? You no, know, Zach got in trouble like later in life for stealing Yeah, no, he, he I saw Yeah, that. dude, he, that's seriously sad. That's like the reality of yeah. being a rock and roller. Yeah, a combined rock and roller with child star, and that's a dangerous combination. That dude's, like, from around here. Yeah, he's from, like, the Michigan area. I'm pretty yeah, like, I have a few friends who, like, know him, and they all just talk about how, like, how he's much... just a kind of a dickhead. Dude, imagine... Like, don't like... you know who I am? I'm Zach Mooningham. From... I'm Zach Mooningham. Uh, cool. From School of Rock? <laughs> Dude, I had a flying V. <laughs> let's rock, let's rock today. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Dude, I, want, that's... I, I wonder if you compared that album to record sales or that movie to record sales, how many movies they sold. So you so you could argue he went platinum. We sold this many TV, DVDs. Dude, probably. It's not a giant gold in like a frame. <laughs> <laughs> Skull of Rock. He's a yeah. gold copy of his movie. <laughs> no, no shit. I feel like that this the like soundtrack probably did go like something. Yeah. It's such a you know, yeah. Probably. Oh, so you know what? Benny, you'll like this. Uh, I was watching this interview with Jack Black yesterday, um, and he was talking about how he he had a hand in writing most of like the original music for that, but the actual the last song they didn't write, and so like they were in the process of making the film. And they still didn't have, they had the lyrics, but they didn't have the song for it. So Zach, I mean, Jack Black went to see the Strokes on a Saturday night while they're filming and the band that opened up for the Strokes, he really liked them. So he went backstage afterwards and had them write the song. So some band, just oh, random band yeah. that opened for the Strokes wrote that last song that played at the Battle of the Bands. And it was Greta Van Fleet. No, it was not fucking Greta Van Fleet, dude. I would, oh, that would, that would. Greta that would, Van Fleet. That would hurt me. So this podcast, we, we have a, a kind of a vendetta against Greta Van Fleet. I, I just kind of personally do. Uh, Let's unpack that. Yeah, unpack we, we can. We can. Uh, I think I, I think that they, first of all, they're from, I'm pretty sure they're from like the Flint area, which is where I kind of grew up. Yeah. Um, and Michael Moore, her territory. They're, they're just led... They're just Walmart Led Zeppelin, dude. Like they, they completely. I mean, obviously everybody knows that. I'm not gonna like completely break that down. Oh god, it's I'm just so the idea. Brian on this tangent. And you know the thing is, we're we already have an episode scheduled. We're gonna do a mock release party for their new record and just dunk on it the whole time. But I just <laughs> and yeah, part of the original plans was we were all gonna do shrooms and then do that. I'm not doing shrooms and doing that, dude. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll sound, that like a really bad time. Like just doing yeah, shrooms no. or something to Grant Van Fleet. Just be no, like, oh, yeah. Please, but on Moby Dick. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that that would be the worst day of my fucking life, dude. <laughs> I would, I'd be in the hospital, dude. <laughs> have you, hang on, as a as a as a quick aside, have you guys ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you know that scene where he's getting sober and Donnie Azoff comes over, Jonah Hill's character, and um, yeah. he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm drinking non-alcoholic beer. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. so if you drink a lot of it, you get fucked up. He's like, no, it's non-alcoholic. He's like, I don't know what that means. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and See, I feel, I oh, feel like the non-alcoholic beer 
is like Greta Van Fleet. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is, yeah, dude. Black Zeppelin is like fucking Bodeo or whatever. Then Greta Van Fleet is like Odul. Yeah. Dude. There's like this classic meme that I love. It's like a cat, an actual cat sitting next to a really shitty cake in the shape of a cat. And it just says Led Zeppelin over the cat. And then Greta Van Fleet is the shitty cake in the shape of a cat. And it's just, if they weren't so flagrant about clearly stealing what they're doing, their whole vibe, their whole image, everything. What if their next uh, album just sounds like Post Malone? Dude, if the next album sounds like Post Malone. That'd be dope. I would actually, I would love that. I love when fans yeah. do like modern thing and then they're like, oh, we can't, you know. Cause and I, then I, in the I, album, I, like, our other side. <laughs> Another side of us. <laughs> I No, but well, I, I think, I agree, like, it would be super sick if they were just like, yeah, we're stealing it. What are you gonna do about it? Like if they were just open about right. it and they owned it, I would I would have so much respect for them. I would just yeah. feel like that's dope. Dude, like, like that's yeah, a band that steals other sounds. <laughs> yeah, dope. and they're I'd just like, like, no, we just we just listen to the blues. I don't know where you got that idea from. We've never even heard of Led Zeppelin. Who's that? <laughs> they're like right. trying so hard to like. It's like, dude, it's fine. Like every band of 15 year olds has probably done a zeppelin cover at one and point i really wish those of course. bands were just erased from the collective consciousness you know so my band <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'm on board with that idea though like if if every record for them was just completely stealing like the next record they're just acdc and they're all wearing like school uniforms with like cut off shorts and stuff and like every every album is just a different band that like our dads listen to and then they they, they do nevermind next and it's, and it's just, just like, like all wearing, wearing flannels, flannels and shit. shit. God. They just, they just like every 10 every years, they decade. just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the they music historians. 10 years, every 10 years. But back... <laughs> the, so now they're oh in the 70s. God, I still hate them. In 2030, <laughs> they'll be so in the much. 80s. In 2040, they'll release a, like, a new metal album. Yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll oh, be like, God. finally, we've, up, we've updated right, we've our sound. About them too much. It's like 40 years all behind right. constantly. But, uh... What what kind of got? I'm completely shifting gears because we're gonna wrap up here pretty soon because we we both have uh we both have shit. To, I got a hot date tonight, but um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, so I'm just curious, like, what was your guys' mus- music um like your musical upbringing? Like, what got you into? I'm curious because you said you went to music school, so like whenever people you know go through all this musical training, or whatever, and they end up in a genre of music that I'm actually into. I like, I like to hear like, about that, like, because you went to music school, but you didn't up, end up in like a jazz trio or something like that. I'm just curious, like, what, um, you know, how did you kind of grow up with music, and like, what inspired you to kind of tailor your interest into what you're doing now? Oh, I think I think we met at Juilliard. That was like the first time we no, like. It was Fooliard. It was next door. <laughs> <laughs> it was Fooliard. I don't know why that's so. Funny. Juilliard. <laughs> Juilliard. No, so no why, why don't you why don't you start? Because I feel like so, my answer is more complex. Oh well, so I I I just went to community college. Uh, I, I had some good teachers though. I went to Citrus College and had a good music program. I, I took lessons when I was coming up, like literally saw School of Rock. I wanted to play music. Guitar didn't make any sense to me because. No one ever told me a major scale existed, and I feel like that kind of needs to be established before you go in to learn <laughs> a pitch instrument <laughs> that a major scale exists. So anyway, I picked up drumming, and I could just hear a bass drum and know where it was, and I could hear a snare and go, that's a snare. I don't need to, you know, know all this stuff. So I could hear beats and play them and kind of just pick it up, and then I took lessons when I was like, I don't know, around... 15 or 16 from a local teacher named uh, Gary Stenyonis and he had he had really good like feel and philosophy and just like he just was he taught me how to kind of how to read and how to hold the sticks right and then he was like cool you're good you don't need me anymore just keep keep learning and I was like okay so I I did that but I I think I got a lot of my chops from the shed scene in like 20 20, like, 15, 16, I was going to L.A. a lot, and I would play with, uh, I would basically do these underground drum battles where there'd be, like, 12, it was, like, drum fight club. 
there's like 12 dudes oh, yeah? and two kids and we would all just duke it out till like fucking 4 a.m. and Everyone's just like just drum just drum, just drum blast dude like the craziest drumming you've ever heard in your life double it and then it was just uh it was just like that for hours and hours and I did that for I shedded with all these crazy players for about a year and then I think it just made me have a different kind of vocabulary and like I don't know just just chop wise I just like feel like I came into my own from shedding um and hanging with other drummers and getting very very drummy but ever since I joined Covet I kind of stepped away from that aspect and just work on more music with Covet or Marcos or my other project the Illustrated Violet or my solo project Wolfie or like I just try to be way more music than drummy because I feel like, I don't know, I was getting as drummy as can be, and now I just am into other stuff. But yeah, so that's kind of my tangent upbringing, I guess, in music. So no music school, but um, drum battles. Drum battles, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I want to add, um, Forrest is not kidding. Uh, if you look up like some of his contemporaries, uh, like his buds, um, like Andy Prado Jr. and Chris Pepper. Yeah, dude, those guys. Like, I, I, I'm a guitarist, and my jaw was on the fucking floor. Like, they do inhuman stuff. Yeah, they're stupid good. They're just crazy good, and then they they do a pop gig, and they're just playing like the simple stuff, and it's like nobody yeah. knows the dark secrets, like yeah. the dark right. magic they know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dark magic is <laughs> Yeah. Like, what kind of seance did they have to perform to get this good? Exactly. Yeah. Every, just a, they get in a, in a circle around a, a drum pad, and then they just start chanting "Paradiddle, Paradiddle." That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> around a cauldron. That's totally true. Like, <laughs> they throw in like a yeah. broken drumstick and a drum key and yeah, a bunch of other paraphernalia. Absolutely. <laughs> this is totally true. Um, I uh. I had a bit of a, a, a curvier path, I guess, uh, where, like, I just bounced back and forth between, like, having direction and not having any direction, I felt like. Like, I um, had so many different career paths for a long time, and I was just very confused. But I, I always liked playing music. Like, I've been playing piano since I was, like, I can't play anymore, but I started playing piano when I was five. And then when I was eight, I was pretty good violinist, but it wasn't until I started playing guitar that I was like, okay, this is like the instrument because like That's violin thing, is like yeah. yeah a violin is like never made any sense to me because it has like no frets so you have to just learn every note and then every note you learn may or may not be actually in tune right and right yeah relative it, tuning it's really hard and piano was good too but it's also a little you know what I mean like guitar just made sense it was like okay cool power yeah. chord move that around we're good. So I really took to that, and I really liked playing it. But my mom was very, like, kind of against it for a long time because she's like, you're going to end up, you know, being a heroin addict or you're going to be working at, like, Del Taco. So, so School of Rock, like, basically. Yeah, she just didn't really <laughs> like what I, you know. So I went to school for political science, and I did a year of that, and I was really bad at regular college. Like, I was really bad at it, and I failed, like, half of my classes. It was very very low point for a guy who like um i had a lot of like lucky breaks in school i passed a lot of like tests that were for higher learning programs and uh my mom had these like a lot of like my whole family had these crazy expectations for me and i basically just like failed all of them so it was like this i was basically at like a weird point in my life at like 19 i was like what am i going to do with my life because like kind of fucked up the school thing already and uh, all I've really been doing is playing guitar, like, incessantly. Um, yeah. That was, like, that was like a big deal. But I guess the, the biggest turning point was when I started taking lessons from a guy named Nick, Nick Reinhardt, who, uh, he plays in a band called Terra Mellos. I'm not sure if you guys ever heard oh, of Oh, yeah. Band. Dude, I watched his rig rundown. It's fucking crazy. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about any of that stuff. Um, and then I met him, and... So not only did he show me like how he played and um, just a lot of techniques that he used, um, but he also introduced me to a lot of bands that are now some of my favorite bands. And a lot of them I've actually played with, which is really cool. But um, 
yeah, he uh, he introduced me to that whole world basically. And so for from the time that I turned like twenty to now, I've basically just been solely focused on that. And um, that's kind of around the time I started going to music school. I, I went to Cal Arts, which is a school like north of LA, um, and uh, it it was a very interesting music program because it was like very experimental, um, and in the same way that forest drum sheds were like just mind-blowingly crazy some of the music i heard was like it's stuff you like literally just cannot imagine and i was my mind just was blown every day usually for the worse because like just a lot of the music i heard i was just like what is that like it, it felt very like i don't i don't know i just felt like i was in like a psych ward or something it was like, like, no not even like gamelan where it's like there's an established tradition i would just hear like this really experimental, like, music that just sounded like I was in hell or, or something. Modular synth. <laughs> <laughs> there was modular bleep bloops. There was, uh, you know, spoken word this and 12-tone um, that. I remember once seeing a piece, and it was performed in reverse. So it was a, it was a basically, they would perform, like, you know how, like, when you pick a guitar, like, you pick it, and then there's an initial, like, rhythm and then there's notes that ring out after yeah, and yeah the composer was like i don't like that sound so i'm gonna learn my song backwards so he like recorded it forwards and then played it backwards Whoa. it was just some of the most hammy shit that like <laughs> like i never yeah. and i would take lessons with teachers and um they had played with like the zappa band and like um all sorts of like really out there composers like alvin lucier or john cage or um just really 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 weird and it kind of helped i guess like contextualize what i wanted to do because i think before i came to that school i was more interested in experimental music and now i'm like i just like listen to like pop music all the time now i'm just over it so So, yeah so you, you guys definitely like i think that's way more like curves and twists and turns than than me i just literally just bought a guitar or i had a guitar for christmas one year and then i would just go home and just write out tabs every day in my room after school and like i just got good by just like i could hear it which i didn't realize was a good thing at first i thought everybody could just hear the notes type of thing but that's that's like where my gifts are they end (laughs) i uh you know all the crazy shit that you guys do it's awesome like i as a guitar person like i just nerd out watching you guys could be covering anything and it doesn't matter. I'm just, you know, the way you guys do it is so cool. I just definitely wanted to compliment you. I, I try to, I only usually reach out to bands that have them on if I really, really like, like, like what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I was, I really appreciate you guys coming on because what you're doing is fucking sweet and you guys are definitely badasses at your instruments and the smile with the drums, keep it going. My friend Adrian asked me like, if you were the drummer from Covet because he's a Covet fan and he saw one of their music videos and, he recognized the smile <laughs> from, yeah. from a Covet music video. And I was like, oh, I'll ask. But then you guys ended up saying it. Um, but yeah, so we have, we'll wrap up here, but we just have one more question because we usually, uh, we'll post, you know, and see if, if any of the listeners on Instagram or something have any questions to ask. And uh, someone, let me shout out their name. I always feel stupid shouting out people's fucking Instagram names, but Wells DJ four fifteen says, "Who is your favorite Pokemon and why?" Presuming you like Pokemon. <laughs> um, that's really hard. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dragonite because I believe it's a. Um, I think it's just a dragon type, but it's supposed to have as much, if not more, intelligence than a human being. Mm-hmm. And it can communicate with people, so that's, sure. that's kind of cool. Isn't that just Mewtwo? Mewtwo is smarter than people, but he's but there's only one Mewtwo. There's no like it's not yeah. like Mewtwo yeah. Pokemon that just exists abundantly. There's only right. Um, but I, I was mostly on. I hung on to like the second gen, and then at, and then the third. I was kind of like, oh, this is just gonna. Ne- this is never. There's too many anymore. now. And I just yeah. kind of stopped, but but man, there was a good. A good bit. I mostly watched the anime and played the cards. I, I played the games a little later because my bandmates got really into it, into like Red and Blue, and they still play actually to this day. 
they battle each other with emulators online. And, uh, but yeah, I never got into the games as much, but cause, cause rewatching the anime, man, that did not age well. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, yeah. That, My favorite is when like, trash. when like someone moves, <laughs> like when someone moves and then the entire background is all of a sudden it's just one color with a bunch of action lines behind it. Like, it, you know, it looks really uh, bad. Yeah. It looks and the plots are dumb and I'm just like, man, I was so into this show and where it was going and I can clearly see it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it, the show exists so that the toys exist. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, so it's just advanced yeah. uh, commercials. Yeah, it's just <laughs> commercials advanced. Yeah. Commercials plus. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. But, yeah. If that didn't exist, I guess I may, maybe, who knows, if I would have gotten an anime later. I will say I'm definitely was so I was a I was a trading card person. So Pokemon does have a trading card game, but I don't think that's the I don't think that's the 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 main point, right? Like it's mostly about the games and the other stuff, I think. But I do have some Pokemon knowledge, so I'll I'll pick I'll pick from that. Um, I always thought Squirtle was the cutest, and also Blastoise is really cool. It's like they're they one evolves into the other. This right? is Daddy, yeah. True. Yeah. So that, that's I thought that so that cutest. Cutest to be Squirtle for me, but um, I always thought the psychic ones were really cool because it's like okay, you have like water and like lightning and like fire, like okay, those are all elements. But then you have like the psychic one; it's like the mystery card yeah. one. So like yeah. any psychic Pokemon that I would get, I would be like, cool, this is like this is the one I want. Like this is psychic one, like Alakazam yeah. and like, shit. Yeah, 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 and the ghost one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were like oh, the coolest ones. Yeah. I was just like, I was Mantra, like those. Dude. Yeah, because the other one seems so obvious to me. It's like, oh, of course, like, the water one is going to be a turtle, and, like, this yeah. the fire one's going to be a dragon. Like, okay. Like, yeah. But then that would come out of nowhere. I'd be like, oh, cool. This is, like, felt, like, original and, like, interesting. So how some kind of cancel each other out or do well against each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought right. that was always sick. Yeah. I, I appreciate the level of thought that you put into that answer. Oh, and, and real quick. I just realized there's one more. Um, someone wanted to know what's like your go-to guitar pedal right now, if you have one. Oh, you know what? Um, so this is actually today was the first time I really tried it. I just got a new sort of rig set up, and of course Forrest can't tell, but I can tell, and I think it's awesome. Um, but for a long time I used a com- <laughs> for a long time I used a compressor and an overdrive um, together. And that was how I achieved my sound mostly. It was like a little bit of compression and then um, fattening it up with an overdrive. And I always thought that was really good. Um, I just got this brand new pedal. Um, it's a collaboration between Bogner and Neve. I'm not sure if you guys know anything about like your your analog recording history. But um, <laughs> okay, Ru- Rupert Neve was a, a big innovator in recording technology back in the day. He actually just passed away. Maybe like a month oh, ago. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So one of my favorite, like, I do a lot of the engineering for the band. Uh, I do all the engineering for our videos, but I also, like, used to just mix up records before I realized other people that do it for a living could probably do it better than me. But um, my favorite thing to use ever for my guitar and, like, different other things is the Neve 1073, which is a... Uh, I'm giving, like, such a long answer. I could literally just tell you, but... No, it's all so, good. It's, I'm so in, I'm so into this pedal. I wanted to give a little background. Um, one of my favorite things to mix my guitar with, uh, is a Neve 1073 preamp, and it's um it's very like dope sounding. It just sounds very like fat and um like it brings out like a lot of the mid range, which is so crucial for this like project because like the guitar needs to cut through, um right. and just have a lot of presence. And it, I, I always just liked the way it sounded. And I was wondering, like, the other day, just like, I wonder if there's a way to get that sound on my board. Because I like the sound I have, but I want it to sound like the way it sounds when I mix it um, at home. And uh, there was a collaboration between Bogner and Neve. Um, and they oh, made basically funny. like this, this, it's kind of like a boost, but essentially it's like a preamp. Um, so it's not exactly the 1073 circuit, but it is from, it is in that vein. So I got it. It was like 170 bucks, and I was like, "All right, it's kind of expensive, but maybe it'll be worth it." And I yeah. plugged it in, and I was like, "Boom! There it is. That's the sound. It's perfect." And yeah, definitely I, worth I've it. Like, then. 
Yeah, like I, I, uh, I did a, I did a blind test. I was like, Forrest, were you like A or B? And you picked the, you picked the knee, man. That was the one. Yeah, that was the one. So, I'm just like, now I don't use a compressor or an overdrive. I just use that one pedal. So I think it's, I think it's called the Harlow. I don't remember exactly what the pedal's called, but it's like a, a, uh, the Harlow Bloom or something. It's like a blue pedal. And that's like probably my new go-to. Word. No, we actually, I appreciate the, like, the thoughtful response because... It's a little con- convoluted, but yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> that's what that's what we're here for. We got, this is the long form, so... But anyways, yeah, we'll wrap up. Um, I, uh, pretty sure you guys are at, um, at We Are Standards on pretty much everything, if I have that correct. Yep. Um, yep. And, I, you know, really appreciate you guys coming out. Um, I mean, not coming out, but, you know, coming on and talking to us and everything. Um, yeah, it, it's cool. Like, we have a lot of, uh, we had a lot of excitement for this episode and I'm glad that we were able to get you guys and definitely had some good time, some bullshits, which is always fun. Um, but yeah, next time you guys are coming through Detroit, we'll keep an eye out for you. We'll have to come out to a show or something. Totally. Please, please come out and we can nerd out more about, uh, school of rock. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) All right, cool. Appreciate it again, guys. You guys have a good one. Cool. Later. Peace. There you have it. That's another episode of Invite the Numbers, Neighbors, whatever. In the banks, in the books, whatever. Sorry about the audio again. Discord really fucking sucks. And that's just what we're dealing with when, you know, we can't actually be in person to do these. But, you know, we get better guests that way. And we're starting to do more in-person episodes, too. We just had a, one last week at my house that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. So... Thanks for listening, though. Please um, go follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. Go rate and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google Play Podcasts. Get an iPhone, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Follow us on Instagram, invite the neighbors pod, on Twitter at ITN pod, and share this podcast with your friends. Yay! Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>